0: We all have questions about faith, life, and God. This summer at Bellwether, our series is Ask Anything. We want to take your questions and try to give you answers. So join us on a Sunday morning and ask anything, and we'll look into God's Word to find the answers. Father, I do pray that we would pour out our hearts in praise. Uh, that, can, that can look many different ways. It doesn't have to just be worship Is in singing. It would be worship in our, in our prayers, in our thinking, in our actions, that we would live uh, to praise your name. How we meet people, how we go about our work, uh, how we reconcile with people that we have conflict with, that everything that we do, our lives would be centered in you, Jesus, and that you would not just affect but empower our actions and our words. It's all about life change, and it is possible, and it is powerful in you, Jesus. So I pray that uh, continually for my life, the life of my family, and the life of this church family, for the families and the people represented here today. And we know that it is possible, and we know it's powerful in you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Y'all can have a seat. And if you would, uh, take your Bible and turn to Philippians, Philippians 2. And if you, are, uh, if you don't have a Bible, you're welcome to pick one up. And if you have the, the big bigger of the two Bibles, there, there are two back there, it's on page 981, Philippians 2. We're going to read verses 5 through 11. In Philippians 2, but before we do that, give a little set up that we are, uh, we're in this series, it's a summer series that we call Ask Anything, and we have taken, uh, over the last few weeks, taken questions from y'all, uh, anything, and we are trying to wrestle with them and look into God's Word and provide uh, answers to you from God's Word. And the question we're dealing with today, and we dealt with last week, is this question, it's going to be up on the screen. Uh, how did Jesus grow in wisdom when he is fully all-knowing God? Now, that question ties to a famous verse, you might not know it, you may, Luke two fifty-two, where it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in favor with God and man. And the question is saying, well, if it, how did he grow in wisdom if he's all-knowing God? So, so kind of big question, uh, which that's great, we love to wrestle with those. Uh, kind of deep, it's okay, Kind of theological, so Chris and I talked, we tried to break it down over two weeks. Chris gave the word last week and he he really centered it in the question beneath the question that who is Jesus to you? And I want to springboard off that because I do think this question, uh, there are questions underlying this about do you really know who Jesus is? As we asked last week, who is Jesus? Do you know the full life of Jesus? Uh, This ties directly to fully God, fully man, which is a question that has had part of a mystery for like 2,000 years. We won't answer that this morning. We won't really know how Jesus was fully God, fully man, this side of heaven. But it's begging, like, who is Jesus to you? Do you really know the full life of Jesus? And it's also asking us, you know, why should we uh, fully trust in Jesus? Why should we fully worship Jesus? Uh, I mean, we're all worshipers. It just depends on what we worship. Why should we worship Jesus? Why should we love Jesus? Uh, we all love different things, people, uh, maybe different places, maybe different addictions. But why should we love Jesus? This is a question, it, it may seem deep, it may seem big, but it really ties into some really basic practical, um, how to grow, how to love Jesus. And who is he fully, really, to you, to us? Now, I think that all of us as Christians, if we call ourselves Christians, we all face three big problems. We can face them at the same time, or we may face one at a time. The first one is just bad things happen to us. You know, Bad things happen and we're trying to make sense of them and we're trying to deal with them and we're trying to figure them out uh, and, and really live as Christians. Now, these can be simple and like, basic, but they could turn into big hurts. For example, if someone just makes a hurtful comment to you, I mean, that's not really like, you know, it's not like cancer and it stings, you know. Uh, if someone just, you know, knocks, you know, maybe the way you look or appear or knocks your family, or, you know, knocks your career, or knocks your position, or, or knocks the way you do your job, or, you know, that you're not good enough. I mean, that, that hurts. I don't know if y'all have felt that, but then you're like, well, how do I, how do I deal with that person? Do I just, hey, I'm, you say I'm just done with that person? You know, they said a hurtful comment. Or maybe they made it, you know, really subtle where, you know, you couldn't explicitly call them out, but it was so subtle and manipulative that, you know, they're making a jab. That ever happen to y'all? Happens, bad things happen. So, how do we, you know, how do you deal with that? Well, Jesus is the answer. I'll come to that in a minute. But Jesus is really the answer. But then let's talk about the big things, like the the big bad stuff, the big problems. I mean, we could throw out cancer, but you know, I um, had an experience. We were on vacation two weeks ago, and we were at the beach, and we met this family, and I was talking to the dad, and he had a, a son who was five. And the son has a condition. I can't even uh, say it. I mean, I've got some doctors here, but it is uh, MPS. And the dad, we were standing there on the beach, and the dad said, yeah, unfortunately, it's terminal. You know, and just kind of had a pause there. So talking to his dad, he just said it's terminal. That means the child will, at a point, die. I mean, we're all terminal, but he said he probably won't live past being a teenager. And I said, man, that's, you know, here, you know, there's the ocean, the water, you know, kind of, kind of a jolt. And mm, sorry, and said, you know, I'm a pastor, and man, I'm gonna be praying for you and your family. And I was like, you know, how are you handling? It? He's like, well, honestly, my you know, my wife's doing a lot better than I am, but you know, I've kind of reconciled it that uh, man, at least uh, God gave him to me because I'm gonna care for him and give him a good life until then. But you know, pretty, pretty heavy stuff. And we all deal with pretty heavy stuff, big things in our life, things that we want to say are bad that are hurtful. How do we make it through? Well, Jesus is the answer. I'll get to that in a minute. Second problem that we face as Christians is often uh, we obey Jesus or, or we follow Jesus or we grow in Jesus because we should rather than that we love him. For example, yeah, I mean, I mean, I should go to church. So, you know, you get up and you're like, you know, I should go to church today. I don't know, I missed last week or missed two weeks. You know, I should go to church or... I should be part of a group or, you know, I should do my Bible study. I should do a devotion. And it's all a lot of it based on, well, you know, I should do these things and not out of just a genuine love for Jesus, who he is, what he's done, fully knowing his his life, how he saved us. I mean, you know, getting these things that the Bible talks about, but doing it out of love, like a change in our affections, that we, we love doing this. We want to grow. Not that we just should. That's a problem. And then the third problem we have is often we piece and parcel the life of Jesus, and we don't look at the full life of Jesus. What do I mean by that? Well, we look at His life on earth. Well, His teachings and His miracles. and Yeah, look, man, that, that was awesome. Or His crucifixion, that He died for us. And yes, He did, but sometimes we just focus on He died for us. He died for you, yes. Or His resurrection, that He rose again, so if we believe in Him, we will rise again. And we kind of piece and parcel it out rather than looking at just the the whole big picture of the life of Jesus Christ. And that that is the answer. That is the answer to life, to everything, to the problems. The life of Jesus Christ. I'll get to that, but let's go to Scripture. And I do believe that this passage, Philippians 2, is one of the most beautiful passages in the totality, the whole life of Jesus Uh, It's very simple, some of you may be familiar with it, you may not be, but let's read Philippians 2 verse 5, it's not going to be up on screen, I'm going to throw some other verses up there in a moment, but read with me Philippians 2 starting verse 5, it says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Jesus Christ, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now then again, some of y'all may be familiar with that verse. I believe it's, it's beautiful in how it shows just the, the fullness of the life of Jesus, how he was with God, he came to earth, he died, he rose again, and one day, one day, every knee in all creation, will bow to him, king of kings, lord of lords, ruler of all, heaven and earth, and when we trust in him, we will, we will be there with him, in glory, and heavens and earth unite. It's a beautiful thing, but it's very easy, and I especially think for us, in the Bible belt, you know, in the buckle of the Bible belt, yeah, man, you know, got that, Jesus, I don't know, you know, he's God, he came to earth, he died, he rose again, he's you know, going to come back. We get that, but really to help with the big problems of life. I mean, it's got to, it's got to pierce us. We've got to know it. And when you do, I do think, I mean, it changes everything. It's a changed life and it helps us face these, these big problems, these big issues, whether it's a hurtful comment or it is cancer. So I want to break it down for y'all and show you a little bit more. So I'm going to kind of put teaching hat on here and I've got my My whiteboard over here, which I don't really use much on Sunday mornings, but JJ here, Joseph Jordan, uh, built this for me. Give him a hand. He did. It's pretty nice. All right. So thank you, JJ. And it ain't going to fall apart. It's pretty, pretty sturdy. So uh, teacher hat kind of on here. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to write some things. I write really bad, so you probably won't be able to read it, but we're going to put it up on screen. But I really want to try to show you uh, the full life of Jesus, and I I hope that's impactful for you. You may have known Jesus on earth, you may know the crucifixion, but the the whole life of Jesus. So we're going to first draw what looks like a U, and I hope this is decent, but just uh, check it out, bear with me. Okay, pretty good, a U, we can go there. Now, um, and I'd encourage you, you know, write this or at least write the words and I'm going to throw some verses up on screen. Write the verses so you will know them. And start with this, this is a big word, pre-incarnate glory. Uh, This does not have a verse with it, but this is basically like before the heavens and earth were created, there was Jesus with the Father, He was the Son, the Holy Spirit, and man, they were just like partying, they were just having a great pre-incarnate glory. Then He created all the world, Uh, the ocean that I saw last week, to the mountains that probably some of you will go to, to the nations, the world, Jesus created it, pre-incarnate glory. Then He came to earth. And big word that we use for this is Incarnation. We say this a lot at Christmas time. And a verse that connects to this is John 1.14. It says, The Word, Jesus, became flesh, human, and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So if you're tracking with the you, here's Jesus' pre-incarnate glory. He comes down to us As a human being, as a man, he was in the womb of his mother, Mary. I mean, it's just unbelievable to process God, creator of all. It's a baby. We hit that a lot at Christmas. That's part of his life. Then we have, well, his life on earth, his earthly life. Earthly life That's what I wrote here. Earthly life. A great verse describing this life is a life as a servant. Mark ten forty five. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and give His life as a ransom for many. He came as a servant. A lot of folks love to highlight this, and that, you know, Jesus came to serve, and, you know, He, he taught, and He was about, you know, peace. And, you know, just look at His life. And, I mean, I've heard people say it, it's not biblical, it's not the gospel, but, you know, hey, we should just look at the life of Jesus and his teaching, and that's what we follow. No, but his life was one of service. Even, you know, it hit me this morning that I I was having a a prayer time and thinking about this message. Even as a carpenter, you know, we don't know much of his first 30 years, but even as a carpenter, he was serving people. You know, he was building, uh, I would presume, I hate to make presumptions, but you know, tables and chairs that people could sit and visit and eat. He was serving a community even then. And then his life culminated in this great act of service of dying for us. So his crucifixion, all the way to the bottom here. Crucifixion. We'll put the cross right here. So he came from glory in the heavens down to earth as human being, lived a life, went all the way to the point of death, and he died on a cross. Crucifixion. Philippians 2.8. We just read this, but I want to highlight it again. Being found in human form, this was God, who is Jesus, he humbled himself, continually humbled himself, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The worst death imaginable. A death for really just scumbags at that time. He hung on a cross for you and me. We highlight this a lot, not just on Good Friday, but it's kind of a big deal. He took on our sins. He substituted Himself for us. He died on a cross. But that's not all. That's not all His life. Then, and I love this, it starts tracking up again. We have the resurrection. The resurrection. He rose from the grave. John 11, 25, 26. Not only did He rise from the grave, but when we trust in Him, we too will rise from the grave. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me Though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Shall never die. Do you believe this? I would ask you, do you believe this? The full life of Jesus coming down from heaven, living on earth, dying the death that we deserve to die, and then rising from the grave. And when we believe in him, we too will rise again. Now, a lot of times we just stop there, you know? Praise the Lord, hallelujah, we will rise, he died from us. But even this is not the full life of Jesus. There is still more. There is still more good news. A lot of times we miss out on his ascension. You know, I feel bad. We did not even, we didn't even mention or celebrate Pentecost this year, which we have done in the past. But Pentecost, which happened a couple of weeks ago, is a Sunday that we at least acknowledge the ascension of Jesus. Because it is, it is so important. Acts 1.11, we see it in Scripture. The angel said, men of Galilee, to his disciples, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Jesus ascended. He sent the Holy Spirit. The angel said, he will come again. Just in the same form and fashion, so he ascended. so Jesus now, the Son of God, is in heaven. The Holy Spirit, it's still the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is here with us now. So what's going on with Jesus now? What is, what is he doing? Well, Jesus now is I'm just going to put it, the right at the right hand of God. At the right hand of God. He is seated at the right hand of God. Some of y'all have to know the Apostles' Creed. It's, It's there. He's seated at the right hand of God. A scripture verse, Romans 8 34. Paul writes, Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is interceding for us. For at this very moment, Jesus, He created you, He's creator of the universe. He knows your thoughts. He knows your challenges. He knows the big problems that you're dealing with. He's praying for you. He's interceding for His people, for His disciples, talking to God the Father about you, about us. We can't comprehend that, but this is God. Jesus is God. He's seated there. He's with us here as the Holy Spirit. He's praying for us. He's talking to God. He is at His hand, but He won't stay there. He'll come again. He will come again. There's a verse, 1 Thessalonians 4:16. The Lord Himself, Jesus, will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. As the angel said in Acts, Jesus will come again. Now you might say, too, okay, well, I like your you, Pastor, but shouldn't if he comes again, shouldn't it kind of go back down? Well, when He comes again, the heavens and the earth will be united. Jesus will be here in His glory and in His reign, so it's not going to be the way it is today. It'll be like the heavens on earth, literally. So it just keeps going up and up until it comes to the eternal future reign. Sorry again for the chicken scratch. Future reign, but Revelation 5.13. Look at this. I love this verse. John, same disciple John, now sees this vision as he is uh, in prison on a Greek island. Jesus reveals this to him for us, for the churches. He says, I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in him saying, to him who sits on the throne, Jesus, to the Lamb, Jesus, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. That one day... All created beings will bow to Jesus as King of kings, as Lord of lords. And He will reign forever and ever. And when we trust in Him, and when we trust Him for the big things, for the big problems, the big issues, we will reign too. We will be alive. It will be glorious. It will be something that we can't fathom or imagine. Everything will be healed. There will be no evil, no brokenness. Everything is good, and we will reign, yes, reign with Him. Full life of Jesus. I don't know if you get it. I don't know if you got it. But I pray that we all get it. And see Him for who He really is. Lord of lords. He came to us. He lived. He died. He rose again. He has ascended. He is in heaven. He will come again. And I want us to trust in Him. And I want you to know the full life of Jesus. Or at least I want you to start... Knowing the full life of Jesus and what that life offers us here now, in this place, in this time, in this hour, forever for eternity. So, so what does all this mean? I mean, it, it's kind of a great lesson—the life of Jesus. But you know, I love the saying, "You know, Monday cometh." You know, what I mean, so you still got the big issues. You still got the job. Maybe you don't like. You still got to go home. You know, today and and maybe you don't have that significant other, or maybe that significant other, there's an issue. You know, you still have the child that you're just, you know, praying for, praying about, whether he's three years old or five years old or ten or fifty. Monday cometh. What does this mean? It means a lot. It's actually very, very practical. Just, you know, starting off, you ever had? you ever been ashamed about your family? you ever been ashamed about somebody in your family? You know, Jesus, He came to us. God came to us. And I'm not going to throw the Scripture up on here, but, you know, Matthew 1, it charts His family. And they were prostitutes in His line of descendants. You know, Rahab. I mean, He didn't come from, you know, His people, you know, weren't like, you know, pure-blood, you know, special folks. He knows, you know, what it's like to be kind of coming out of a family that, you know, we might not be proud of. Uh, youth, if you're out there, you ever, you know, you ever felt this feeling like, you know, man, just mom and dad just don't get me. You know, come on, mom, just you know, get me. Well, Jesus, you know, he was at the temple. His parents were all worried about him. He's like, man, mom, dad, you know, you know, I'd be about my, my, my father's business here. You ever, and especially men, we men get this. You ever uh, worried about, you know, peers in the community? You know, don't really get you. You know, you don't get the respect that you know we think we deserve. And how do you think Jesus felt when he went back to his hometown and the peers of his community said, "Is this? Is this a carpenter's boy? I mean, does anything good come out of that family? Is this, is this him? You know, trying to quote scripture at me?" And they not kind of sort of they they ran him out of town. You ever felt like that? You ever just felt tired? Y'all feel tired maybe today? Jesus would take time to rest. Been tempted? Being tempted right now? Jesus had temptations, many of them. The most explicit we see going into the wilderness, being tempted. He was tempted and without sin. He lived a life that we can't live. You ever, you know, just, man, like, I just can't figure it out. Or maybe like, man, I just can't figure this even Christianity out. Jesus Himself, he says, the only person that knows when I will come again is the Father. That I nor the angels know that. That even Jesus like figuring it out. Like the Father knows. He knows how you're tracking, man. He knows how you're feeling. He's, he's been there. But he's here now. You feel alone? You feel lonely? Jesus said one of the last things he said gospel of Matthew said I will be with you always to the end of, of this earth as we await the world to come Feel lonely today? Feel like your spouse doesn't understand what you're going through? To feel overwhelming? Maybe it's a physical sickness or struggle? emotional, relational, a breakup, a divorce. You have a Savior who has been with us and is with you now and will never leave you. And that the future, you know, Christianity, we always talk about this in Easter, you know, Christianity is a, it's a future deal. We're always looking ahead. I mean, even about resurrection, it's a future deal that death ain't going to hold us back that we will live again and we will reign with Jesus again. It greatly matters. This greatly matters for the day-to-day. The day-to-day. So I'd close with with a couple thoughts for you. First off, what do you really love? Think about it. What do you really love? Is it a person? I mean, I hope as, as men, we love our wives. You love your spouse. I hope you love your kids. You love it... Them more than Jesus? Do you really love your job, your career, or, or maybe you probably love more what people think about you in your job and your career, and how they esteem you? Do you love the esteem, people? You love the cries from the crowd. You love it more than Jesus. Do you love good times more than Jesus? Parties, hanging with the dudes going on vacations beautiful vistas we plan our lives around that do we we love that more than Jesus do you love addictions we love addictions I mean easy to think booze easy to think sex easy to think porn do you love addictions to work do you love addictions to play you love it more than Jesus. I ask you, why do you love these things more than Jesus? Cuz I want us I want myself just so you're not alone in this, but I want us to obey and respond and come to church and come to group and serve and go to Honduras out of love for him and knowing that the totality of his life and what he's done. Right, well I should. Yeah, I need to go, you know. Get get my quick fix, do my devotion. I want to grow in love for Jesus. Here's a a wonderful question for all of us: about if you know, you know, that you really love Jesus, even could be argued if you're really saved. What if you're in heaven? So you have heaven, and and you got the uh, the mansion that you always you know dreamed about. So, So you got the house, you got the setting, and it is in the most spectacular vista. You know maybe. Maybe you're a beach person, um, so it just you know blows the beach out of the water. Maybe you're a mountain. You know, you, you, the most perfect picture, you're there, and your house is there, and you're looking out every morning, and you know, it's the best coffee ever made. And, and, and you've got everything you want materially right there, and then you've got every person that you want. So the loved ones who were lost, they're there, uh, maybe their house is uh, beside you, you know, if you don't like them all the time, or or maybe they're living in your house, you know, if, if you love them and you dig them, but, but they're there, and you don't have to miss anybody, it's just your friends, and and like, you're always the hero, and like, you're in this place where, you know, your team always wins, so, you know, for me, you know, Ole Miss is always winning the national championship, and the Yankees are always winning the World Series year after year after year, and it's just it's just awesome, and You know, the music you like is always playing and the movies you like are always on. You know, it's just spectacular. And maybe you get to go skiing, you know, if you want, or it's awesome. And God's not there. Are you good? Are you good? If you have all that, and that's your heaven, but God is absent. So Jesus is absent. Is, Is that your heaven when you have all that? It's just a question I'd love you to kind of think about. So it's kind of like, what are, you, what are we worshiping here? Last little quick story. I have, um, through my son Jack, uh, begun to reread uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. Last time I read them, I think I was like 12. So I've been reading to him, and, and Logan kind of hangs around for some of it. He drifts away. But anyway, he, at night, and so then his mom bought the, um, the first three movies. So that would be, some of you might know, Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, and The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. I think I got those right. So, you know, we're kind of reading through the books, and it has really fascinated me because I've gotten captivated by the story again as, you know, an adult and really getting engaged with it. So, Aslan, if you don't know, and a lot of folks you do, because it's a famous story. Aslan is like Jesus in the story. So Aslan is Jesus. And he always, he brings these children to Narnia. And he tells them at the end, you know, I brought you here so you could know me in your world. You know, he says, you know, I, I go by another name in your world. But you're brought here so you can know me there and serve me there. And so C.S. Lewis created this world and the children are brought. And the main character is the youngest girl called Lucy. And so Lucy's really the, the pivotal character throughout, but she's the youngest, and she starts with this childlike faith, and nobody believes her, but she leads people uh, to Aslan and Narnia. And then at a point, they grow up, and Aslan says, you can't come back to Narnia. You've learned all you could here. Now I want you to know me again by my other name in your world. So the of the Witch, in the Wardrobe, there were four. There was Lucy her older brother Edmund, her older sister Susan, and Peter. Now, what's fascinating to me is by the end of the Chronicles of Narnia, the last book, Susan, who had been a queen in the first book and knew Aslan and said she loved him, she doesn't get to go back to Narnia at the end. And they ask her siblings, where's Susan? Susan? And Aslan says... She lost the belief in me, or maybe you could argue, and I don't want to get into once saved, always saved, she never had it, okay, but she was with Aslan, and she got caught up in the materialism, use that word, of the world, and she loved these things, he said, much more than me, and so by the end, it's three of four siblings who are with Jesus, So, my fear is, you know, you kind of come, we're kind of hanging with the king. We have the experiences, but we love these other things so much more. And that one day, for some, maybe some, hopefully not, in the Bellwether family, you know, Jesus would say, you know, depart from me, I need you not. That's why, man, I hope, I pray. You know, the whole. You know, my chicken scratch, the whole life of Jesus. And not just like knowing it as a shot in the arm or like, well, I have to, but loving him more than anything else, more than anything else. It's my hope. I hope it could start or that you could take a step towards that today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for, oh, we have so much to thank you for your, your life, your, your healing work what You've done for us, what You have in store for us. Uh, I, I pray for myself, I pray for the life of this church, Your people, uh, that we would just come to love You and see Your beauty uh, and Your grace uh, and Your destiny for us and Your healing power and believe it and, and really believe in it and desire to enter into Your Word and desire to be in a relationship and desire to come to church and desire to serve a desire to change the world for Jesus these big things, but these possible things, these powerful things, because of your power, Jesus. Thank you for your life. Thank you for your death. Thank you for your resurrection. Thank you for everything. And May we base our lives on you. In love. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We'd love for you to join us one Sunday for worship. Our question next week is, how do we live as a Christian in America today? We hope you have a great week, and we hope to see you soon.